Thank you for joining us on a Morley podcast with Tony May. Morley podcast is purpose built for America. Through our military veterans and military supporters, we show that the values and qualities that built this country, such as service, sacrifice, respect, and faith, are not dead. A Morley podcast builds community so individuals can improve their communities. Welcome to this week's A Morley podcast with Tony Main, coming to you from the Ranger Outreach Center here at the, on the campus of St. Luke United Methodist Church in Columbus, Georgia. We always want to say thanks for those who make this episode possible. And the folks at St. Luke are an absolutely fantastic partner. We can't thank them enough for the building space here at 1022 Second Avenue. Before we get started with a mentor of mine, a professional leadership consultant, an outside the box thinker, or as he might describe it, a really good inside the box thinker, JC Glick. We want to tell you about a few updates that we have for you with Ranger for Life. First, we announced last week that a more elite transition is coming for U.S. Army Rangers. Our eight week course, one night a week for two hours is going to provide the information resources and networking necessary to have the best transition possible for our Rangers. And you can go to rangerforlife.com and sign up today. Only 50 slots per course. And of course, we have some great master trainers like our guest, JC Glick. Also coming this February, Patriot Challenge, this is the 10th iteration of Gallant Fuse Patriot Challenge, formerly known as Run Ranger Run. Gallant Fuse Patriot Challenge provides an opportunity for teams to come together and raise funds for a local cause, not just Gallant Few. We highly encourage you to join our Ranger Outreach Team. All monies raised by that team, all funds stay here in Columbus to help our work with transitioning rangers, to help with kids programs, vacation Bible school, and our marriage enrichment workshops. And finally, confirmed today with Mrs. Nancy Murphy, the youngest MVP, two-time MVP in National League history, and Atlanta's favorite son, Dale Murphy, will be coming to St. Luke on September 30th. That's the Friday before Saturday's annual Mogadishu Mile 5K here in Columbus, Georgia. And Dale will give a great talk on character. There'll be great sponsorship opportunities and autograph session with Dale. And this is the first time in Columbus where there'll be a Ranger event that isn't necessarily a ball. This is to introduce our Columbus Georgia community to the, the heroes that live and reside and work at Fort Benning in the Chattahoochee Valley. And without any further ado, let's go ahead and let's get on with our guests for today. I mentioned JC, you're a special operator, the Ranger background, leadership consultant. You've actually put those thoughts on paper with and built a great team alongside of you. What, how are you doing? How were the holidays and what do you have planned for 2022? 
Well, first of all, thank you for an incredibly kind introduction. And I, it's kind of funny. I kind of think of you as a mentor and somebody who I, I try to emulate personally. So I think that's good. I think iron sharpens iron. And, uh, you know, I look at, at someone like you who's, you know, you probably don't talk a lot about yourself on this show, but you're just always up. You're always driving and your your number one uh, driving factor seems to be helping others. And I think a lot of people talk about it. I think you live it. And I think that um, you're, you're kind of a, a, a symbol to me of, of what it means to continue to live the Ranger Creed. So thank you for that. So and thank you for the kind words. Um, yeah, so uh, I'm doing great. Uh, holidays were uh, holidays were wonderful. Um, did get COVID. Um, it was kind of funny because uh, the people in the house that were vaccinated all got COVID, and the people that weren't did not get COVID. Um, but uh, we were able to kind of extend Christmas then even to last weekend. Um, so that was that was kind of nice to to hit some folks that we hadn't hit yet. Um, and then this new year is, is really exciting with some of the stuff that's, that's going on. Um, working with a company to, uh, release virtual reality, suicide prevention and sexual assault prevention. Um, working, uh, with, uh, some teams this, um, this spring working with some coaches as they transition to other teams, uh, now that, uh, the NFL is kind of doing interviews and I'm just, uh, just excited for another great year. And you came up as a lacrosse player, JC. So you're a leadership consultant and you've worked with fortune 500, but also with those sports leagues, how's that experience kind of, do you get a kind of a glimmer in your eye? Is there, is there a little bit of a difference versus like, okay, fortune 500 banking company, all right, but I but I get to go into like Foxborough, or I get to yeah. go into like you know MetLife Stadium. I I think initially there was. I really tried. You know, I'm I'm very proud. My my boys don't like it, but I'm like, they're like, oh, do you have a picture of so and so? And I'm like, yeah, no, because I, I I never you know you know you don't want a fanboy because you lose cred. But mm -hmm. um, I think the more I've done it, what I what I found is that whoever I'm working with, it's really. Like I've worked with coaches that I'd rather work with a fortune 500 guy. And I've worked with fortune 500 guys that I would like rather work with a coach. And I think what I've learned is when you get to work with a guy like Ron Rivera, I don't care what Ron was doing. You know, I, I would, I would work with Ron. Um, you know, when, when you talk to some of the, the leadership folks that I get to work with, it's really, you know, it, it, further solidifies it's not what you do or where you do it it's who you do it for and who you do it with um and i think that that's been proven to me over the last kind of five and a half years is it's it's really about the people it's not even what you do well we're going to move kind of into the topic for today right because you're you know with, with your career you now get to touch some pretty interesting people high level people within organizations who are seeking to learn a, a little bit more how they can get better performance out of themselves, out of their teams. But in 2018, you did a TED talk, which we highly recommend. We kind of talked about when we released that you would be a master trainer with Ranger for Life, a more elite transition course on Monday. But what really stuck is fear. And that fear is a variable that we 
at least have to recognize is in the room. Yeah. You know, so a lot of my a lot of my thoughts on fear probably initiated with uh, with Tony Blower, who does the spear course and, and he talks about fear. And he said something once that just made a lot of sense to me. And then I kind of started studying fear uh, from a stoic philosophy perspective and, and from a neurological perspective. And what I found was, you know, Tony says, you know, the stickers that say no fear, you know, like they're, they're on the back of usually a truck that's jacked up, you know, three feet and they've got a monster sticker underneath. Right. Um, it, it's really nonsense because if you don't have fear, you're either stupid or you're crazy. Fear is a constant, right? Fear, fear is everywhere. It, it resides in, in you and I now, and it's, it, it's wired into us you know, as humans, right? The, our lizard brain um, is constantly looking for threats. It's afraid of everything that's out there, which is why like if a, if a moth, you know, is in your periphery and you see it kind of like come towards you and you go like this, well, yeah, that's because you were, you didn't know what it was and you were afraid. And what I think that we forget is that fear drives probably, <sighs> 90% of our lives because we're so worried about either what others think, what's going to happen with my job, what's going to happen with my relationship and what good, whether it's your partner or your leader or, or, or a friend, what, what friends do, what people do who, who want to help you is since you can't destroy fear, right? Fear is a fear. Fear is just there. What you can do is, or, or as, you know, I think Martin Luther King said, um, you know, good leaders don't destroy things. They create something that's better. So what, what you got to do then is create courage. And I think you create courage through hope, meaning what I'm asking you to do is worth doing and you can do it and trust in that I'm going to be here with you. I'm going to resource you. If you fail, I'm going to help you. Um, and I think that that that's really what we've got to start focusing on is how do we create courage in our own lives? How do we create courage in other people's lives? And, and how do we get out of this kind of uh, cycle of living with constant fear? And, and, and it's, it's going to be there, but if our courage can overcome some of that fear, I think we can live a much happier life. I, I like the way you put that. We, we, you know, you do a lot of work. You'd mentioned um, the upcoming virtual training for suicide awareness and, and, and response to sexual assault. And what we see is the, the word depression is, is ballyhooed around like depression means there's something wrong with you. You now have an illness that needs to be treated versus the fact that in this life, being depressed Maybe not for a long period of time, but 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 bouts of being a little sad, a little bit of extreme sadness. Yeah, that's that's gonna be normal. And and who doesn't experience experience that? So when you're talking one-on-one -on -one to an, an individual and you're going through kind of how how you can combat fear, what would you say to a listener who maybe it's well they don't invest because they don't want to ask a question because that's going to show a lack of knowledge is, is there a, is there certain certain tips when you work with clients 
where you can kind of see that it's fear-based and what do those kind of look like? Yeah. So first of all, if, if they're talking about motivation, I always, that's a hundred percent fear-based, right? And this is, this might be really weird for your listeners because we grew up in a military where you got to be motivated, except motivation is carrot or stick. And even if I'm, even if I'm not using the stick, which people should be afraid of, I found that we were always afraid of not getting the carrot, right? I mean, if you think about it, it it's kind of like, hey, if you do this, you know, you'll get an award. If you do this, you'll get a day off. Or that's fear-based. That that's that is a fear-based thing. Um, and I think what you have to do is, you know, I talk about Christian Christie, who's um, a, a friend and fellow speaker who talks a lot about um, her experiences. Her her husband uh, was a uh, 05 in the Air Force, was about to pin on 06 and um, completed suicide. And she talks about being intrusively compassionate. And, you know, it took me a little while because it, it, initially I was like intrusive, intrusive. I don't like it. But as I, as I thought about it, you do. Yeah. And that means I have to be a little, I have to be curious. I have to be intrusively curious. I have to go. So, so tell me why this is important or tell me why this isn't important or tell me, tell me what you're feeling. Or in the case of, of suicide, I think we have to do that. That one thing that I don't think is hard. I just don't think we're trained for, which is asking those questions. Like, are you thinking about killing? Uh, are you thinking about hurting yourself? Are you thinking about killing yourself? Uh, are you thinking about how you might do it? Because those are the most critical questions. And those are the questions, quite honestly, that are rarely asked. And then when we're talking about leadership, you know, I think it's very quick when you when you see that leader. And, and, and unfortunately, we see it in professional sports all the time, right? Coaches, uh, unfortunately, it, it's, it's considered such a... a an outcomes type job that there's no development. You either win and heck this year, we even saw a, a great coach. I think Flores is a great coach. I've met with him a couple of times um, who, who was successful and still left. Now that, that was, there was some people pieces there, you know, on, on how do people see other people? And that's, and again, owners are owners, you know, there's a, there's a balance. And um, so I think that, you know, it's really about being curious and then being humble enough to admit, you know, I, I think you and I were probably both in the same case where at some point in our life, we would never admit we were afraid. And then I think something switches as you hit a level of maturity where you go, no, I'm afraid a lot. So now how do I, how do I overcome that fear? How do I continue to move? And how do I not let that fear control my life? So when you master fear in your in your own personal level, and it's hard to say master, but have a clear understanding that it's a variable and that you, you develop ways um, to cope, whether for some people asking questions is dealing with fear because they're so worried about being embarrassed in public and being wrong that they won't ask questions. Myriad different ways to kind of look at it. When yeah. you're talking to a leader of an organization, let's put this more in, in terms of you're giving an outbrief um after a session looking at an organization to a leader what what do you tell that person in terms of fear and leading others what what the type of dynamics that that will have within the organization so the first thing i tell them is it takes a long time to overcome this because 
it's how we're conditioned. It's mm -hmm. and and unfortunately, all our systems are are fear based, right? And and even some of our most beautiful systems, unfortunately, are fear based. And those that aren't, you know, we've turned them into fear based systems. Um, you know, when you think of something as simple as the judicial system, which is which should have no fear, right? We've we've turned it into a fear based system um, because of how we how we talk about it. Um, I think then once they understand, like, look, this, this takes time because of the conditioning, then it's about, okay, you've got to talk to your people in with a curiosity and humility that shows them that it's okay to take risk. It's okay to step out on that ledge. It's okay to try something and fail because that's how success is won. That's how innovation is won. That's how you move forward, right? Greatness isn't static. Right, we to to continue to be great, we have to try new things. We have to we have to attempt to uh, to do something different. And nine times out of ten, that's not going to be successful. But we're going to learn from that. And if we learn, that's success. And it's also about reframing um, how we see success, right, and failure. First of all, if we're running a business, you know, let's not look at the word failure. If we if we didn't reach our goal or our objective, we learned something. If we learned something, that's a different type of success. Um, and also communicating that, right? Because most of the time, leaders are, I will say that a lot of leaders think the right way, but they don't communicate it. And we're conditioned to go, oh, man, we didn't make this much money. Well, the leader might go, yeah, but that's okay because we got this inroad to this organization or hey, that's our first commercial customer. This is a good thing. We didn't make any money off the deal, but this builds credibility. And they have all these great ideas, but they don't necessarily communicate them. And that's okay. We've just got to talk about, look, it's, you've, got to, you've got to message your people the good that they're doing, right? I mean, you and I were both in, in this incredible organization where, I don't know about you, but it's, it's where I learned, you know, that my first two assignments with, a battalion commander who was a former third ranger battalion guy and my first assignment with general Farrader and third ranger battalion that's where i learned how to be a leader and all those incredible ncos who taught me like hey this is this is what you do um we were lucky the rest of the world kind of gets thrown into a leadership role with no leadership like you know mentors i mean we have we had guys like hall and mccrystal and all these incredible you know uh individuals to watch um and learn kind of like oh i gotta do this and that's you know and that's maybe that's my my biggest point is when i look at a guy like mccrystal or hall who i think are probably two of the best leaders that i've ever seen um uh, you know or ferreter i sit there and i go okay if they were comfortable messaging if they were comfortable saying hey i made a mistake here if they were comfortable you know, trying to figure out how to get the best out of a person in a less than orthodox way compared to the army, right? Which everybody thinks is draconian and yelling. And if they could take the chance and do that, then who am I? I mean, I'm, I'm not half the leader they are. I want to make sure that that's what I can do. And then I also want to make sure that that is what other leaders are getting the opportunity to do. Can you kind of a, a final question, kind of kind of to close out that practical application? 
what if I said underwriting mistakes? What does underwriting mistakes and, and, and the term of fear from the leader perspective, what does that mean to you? So a lot of, uh, I, and I, I go a little bit farther. I think, I think we need to celebrate mistakes. It's not just underwrite them. It's, it's we need to celebrate them because a mistake, not, not a mistake born of negligence, right? We have to identify some mistakes and address mistakes born of negligence. That's, that's okay. But, but 90% of the mistakes out there are not, mistakes born of negligence. They're mistakes uh, born of growth and, and risk and adapting. And leaders, what they have to do is they have to know it's not if you're going to have mistakes, it's when you're going to have mistakes, mm-hmm. right? So accept mistakes. Don't be surprised by mistakes. And then as long as it's not a mistake born of negligence, the first thing, and you can joke about it, right? I was working with a, a lacrosse coach who's who's incredible. I mean, he was a world team player. He's a terrific human being and a good leader, but he would like, you know, he watched this, uh, this face off and the kid won the face off. He did 90% right, got the ball. And then he threw it and it like went, I don't know, like way out of bounds. It practically hit the, excuse me, practically hit the, the bleachers. And, you know, he, he reacted as most coaches do like, what are you doing? Right. 90% of what this kid did was right. He made one mistake. And so afterwards we, I said, you know, you can sit there and go, wow, you couldn't have thrown that away any better if you were like three people, like that was the worst throw in the world, but awesome that we got here, here and here. So what do we do to make sure that we don't throw it away next time? Cause the kid knows that, you know, when we make a lot of, when we make a mistake, it's not like we don't know we made the mistake, right? It's not like we're like, oh, did did I screw that up? No, we know. We know. So so accept the mistake and don't make people feel worse about the mistake, right? No matter how, just be like, okay, we did this. What did we get out of it? And if they got something out of it, or if you can help them get something out of it, then I, I don't think it's a it's a loss. I think it's a it's a net gain because the odds that that mistake happened again are slim and none, especially if you, if that person experiences something good from that mistake, they share it with others, right. To make sure that, uh, so you get now iteratively better, which is the goal. And, um, you know, I think a lot can be won from that. And, and that type of dynamic leadership, we can obviously tell what that means in terms of retention. And this is the way people want to be led, but it's hard. And you spent some time putting these thoughts with with a couple of talented folks, a team of folks, putting together these thoughts in a few works. And, you know, all of our graduates of um, a morally transition course will will receive the meditations of an Army Ranger book. Um, Been out for a little while now. Uh, I believe light of dark, uh, a light in the darkness came first. Right. Um, What? What's what about these works? Is this going to cause you to another spinoff or what, what's next? Yeah, so I'm, I'm actually working on a couple right now. Uh, a couple are, of collaborations. There's a there's a fitness philosophy book that I'm working on with a really good friend, um, Frank Savino, who runs Gridiron Gym, who I love his kind of thoughts on 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 how we do kind of the evolution of high intensity training. Uh, I'm working with him. Uh, I'm working with a guy named Steve Forty about kind of being the unhero. Uh, we all want to be the hero as opposed to just doing the right thing. 
and kind of this idea of being an unhero. And then I'm I'm attempting something that I'm probably completely unqualified to do, uh, but I'm I'm working on another book that talks about, um, and it's more like it's kind of a spinoff of meditations. Um, I basically refute Maslow's hierarchy of needs, and I argue that um, at the at the root of human requirement is connection. And that's, that's more important than anything else in to the human brain. It's not the, it's not the physiological things that they're, they're in a separate category all themselves. It, it's the, it's this idea of connecting. And um, I'm writing that kind of right now on my own. I'm, I'm probably not the best guy to write it, but Maslow was just had a theory and I, I got a theory that it's different. If, if you need any source material, if you just want to go to chapter two of this big book, sometimes yep. you're leather bound in black. I think, I think, uh, I think there's some concurrence there. Um, maybe not enough scientific rigor for some, but it, it's, uh, it, it's worked well for some, some others. JC, I want to thank you for your time today. Once again, if anybody's interested in JC's work, there's a couple ways to get a book. You can go online, or if you're a ranger in transition, we'd love to have you for the more elite transition course coming up. JC, once again, thanks. If you'll stay on the line, we'll talk our other business offline. And so for all of you, I want to say thank you for joining the more elite podcast. Some great guests, whether you're a ranger, uh, a veteran, or a military supporter, we love to show people whose passion is making others' lives better because uh, you can tell we kind of concur with JC. Life is all about community and you only get that through connections. And sometimes fear gets in the way. So thank you once again, JC, for having that discussion with us. A lot of great opportunities coming up with Ranger for Life. There's our transition course. Go to rangerforlife.com to learn more. Join our Ranger Outreach Patriot Challenge team through the month of February. We'll be doing 565 miles together, just like Corey Smith did, Ranger from 3rd Battalion 10 years ago. And then get excited for September 30th, the day before the Mogadishu Mile 5K here in Columbus, Georgia, for our Ranger Reveal Benefit, Friday, September 30th at the St. Luke Ministry Center. That's going to conclude today's podcast. So whenever time you listen to it, when you're done, just take some time to do something intentional, do something good for somebody else. Have a great rest of your week. Rangers lead the way. We hope you enjoyed a more lead podcast with Tony May, and we appreciate your viewership. If you'd like to hear more from Tony or one of his guests, you can view or listen to past episodes at TonyMain.Podbean.com. Until next time, be a community builder for America.